with us on our podcast service, a very, very big welcome to you all. I pray that you all feel really, really at home. And uh, don't, put you up and, don't put your feet up and go to sleep, but I pray that you are feeling right at home. It's going to be a good night tonight in the Word. Tonight I want to minister regarding the confidence that we can have in the Word of God and the totality, and the totality of it. Amen? Amen? You can have a great confidence if, in the Word of God. I pray that by the end of this meeting, for those even listening online, that you're going to be encouraged to read the Word of God from a perspective of tremendous confidence. And you can open up them promise and say, that is for me, amen? That is for me. It's not some, something distant, something for somebody else, something for the frozen chosen, but that's for me. And, uh, and so I'd love if we could, good, we'll start from the beginning. I won't go from Genesis to Revelation, but I do want to start in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And uh, a lovely scripture, lovely. It says, in the beginning... In the beginning, God. Amen? How's that? That's the first half of the sentence. In the beginning, God. If you can grab hold of that, the rest of the Bible is easy. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And then it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So in the beginning, that word God there in the Hebrew is Elohim. Elohim is a plural word. And so it's almost like saying, in the beginning, gods. But already in the verse 1 of this amazing scripture, Genesis 1.1, the plurality of God or the triune part of God is already mentioned in verse 1. And it says, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And it says the Spirit of God was hovering or brooding, like as a, as a chick broods over its uh, chicks or its eggs, brooding over the face of the waters. And so from the outset, we see that God creates. And uh, within three chapters of this book of Genesis, we see that the devil corrupts. Amen? The job, the job description of God is God creates. We made in the image and likeness of God, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. That is our nature. We are to be creative. But the devil corrupts. He doesn't do anything original. All he does was grabs what that is good from God and corrupts it. And then it says, And the Spirit of God uh, brooded over the face of the waters. In the Hebrew it says, Veruach Elohim merechefet el and that word ruach or veruach is, and the spirit or the wind. And so wind and spirit in the Old Testament are interchangeable throughout the scripture. Amen? Wind and spirit in the Hebrew, ruach, is the same word. In fact, it said the spirit of God was hovering, brooding over the face of the formless and void, darkness and deep. But the, and it was waiting for the word of God to be spoken and released. Tonight I'm speaking about the Word of God and the fact that Jesus is the Word of God. Amen? When you can grasp it, that Jesus is the Word of God, the whole of the Bible will come alive to you. And it says, uh, and, and the Spirit of God was brooding or hovering over the face of tohu, tohu vavohu, the formless and void mass, and the Spirit of God was waiting for the Word of God to be spoken. And the Spirit of God waiting for the word not to be written, but to be declared or to be to spoken. Amen? 
So the word of God is not just to be read. The word of God is released in its power when it is declared. And when you begin to comprehend that the word of God is not just to be written, not just to be read, but it is to be spoken, that's when the power of God is released. In Genesis 1, we can see that nothing came into being without the word being spoken. Isn't that amazing? And God could have done it any way that he said, but he has said, we made in the image and likeness of God. God is a spirit, so we too bring our world into order through that vehicle of faith and through the spoken word. What does it mean to you and I here tonight? It says, really, the word of God is not, not so much to be read as to, uh, uh, and explained as to be believed and declared. I thought about that today. You know, Everybody wants everything explained. But the Jesus said, believe me. He wasn't there just to be a great explainer. He was there to be believed. And the word of God is exactly like that. Not so much to be read and explained always, but just to be believed and to be declared. Isn't that amazing? When you come to the word of God, not childish, but childlike, grab hold of that word of God, believe the word of God. It says the same faith, uh, the same word being preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith. So you turn your faith with switch on. Everybody's been dealt a measure of faith. And you don't there, you're not there to explain the word of God, but you're there to declare the word of God. And that's when the power of God can be released. So in Genesis chapter 1, Elohim, that being God, it's mentioned 32 times in 31 verses. No wonder those knuckle-dragging Darwinists hate the book of Genesis. Amen? <laughs> 32 times in 31 verses, Elohim is mentioned. 10 times it says, Vayomer Elohim, and that means, and said God. Mentioned 10 times, which is the number of completion in the Bible, 10 commandments. Five times it is stated in chapter 1, Vayichen, which means, and it was so. And the, the meaning of that word in the Hebrew, and it is rightly so. And it is rightly so. And so that which is formless and void and dark must bow when the word of God is declared. Isn't that amazing? It must bow. When the light of God comes in, darkness must flee. That which is formless and void, God spoke over that tohu vavohu, that formless and void chaotic mass. And the word of God was spoken and brought order out of disorder. Who would like some order in their life? You can declare the word of God over that disorder, over that darkness or that dark situation and declare the purposes of God, amen, over it. And so that which is formless and void must bow because the spirit realm and our world by the law of Genesis is voice activated. We can see Genesis 1 is absolute. The world was brought into order through voice activation. And when the light of God is spoken in, into being, darkness must flee. It's a promise from God. Darkness doesn't comprehend the light, nor does it have an ability to do so. But darkness must bow. I'd love if you would open your Bible now to John's Gospel, chapter 1. And you'll see how this ties in amazingly. And uh, I saw it again today, this afternoon, as I was bringing together my thoughts for this evening. 
So let's start from the beginning as John did in his gospel account. John's gospel is not just like the other three gospels. The other three gospels are more like a chronological telling of the story and the ministry of Jesus' three and a half year ministry. But John's gospel doesn't even attempt to be chronological. It is far deeper. And it says, in the beginning was the word. And you see, it's, a, it's almost like uh, a reiteration of Genesis chapter 1. And this is how the New Testament begins in John's Gospel chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see Genesis chapter 1 coming into play here? In verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Who is this person? All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Fantastic scriptures. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. It's unreceptive to the light. Amen? You will notice that in your text, that the word mentioned three times in these verses is spelt with a capital W. So it's, we're not just talking about a written word here. And the reason is made clear in verses 14 when it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Amen? Who was that word? We know it to be Jesus. Amen? We know it. And so the word uh, is a title to a person called the word. So Jesus is the word. And when we can read the word of God knowing that Jesus is the word of God, how much more reverence would we have for the word? And that person, of course, is none other than Jesus Christ, for there is only one person who has ever been uh, described as being filled with grace and truth. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Only one person in our gospel is described as being filled with grace and truth. Amen? And it was not Paul, it wasn't Peter or any one of the other guys. No, it was Jesus. And once again, that being Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. So John describes Jesus in the closing chapters of the Bible. So now we've gone from Genesis right through the John. And in the closing chapters of the Bible, in the book of Revelations, 1913, he said he was clothed. And this is John, the revelator, looking. I mean, and the Lord was revealing this to the apostle John. He said he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God. So Jesus was referenced in Genesis chapter 1, not by name, but was concealed. As the Old Testament is Christ concealed, the New Testament is Jesus revealed. And the whole of the Old Testament points to the one, points to Jesus, the Messiah. We didn't realize in Genesis 1 that the Word of God was a person. We said, and said God, five times. That word, and said, that's Jesus. And said God. So now it's clear to us that all three members of the Trinity were present in the day of creation. It says in the beginning, God, Elohim. That is the Father God, the Creator God, but plural in nature. So God the Father, Jesus and the Word of God being one and inseparable. And God said five times in Genesis chapter 1. And the Holy Spirit, Ruach or Spirit. And the Spirit of God breathed or brooded over the 
face of the waters. So we're reading from the Word of God tonight. Oh, I love this thing. I've got about 30 or 40 of these things. They're all scribbled in and highlighted and look a great mess because to me they're a, they're a book of life. It shouldn't be there on a behold and polished off. No, it's a study book. It's a workbook. It's, a, it's, a, it's a just something that you live and breathe out of. But we're reading from the Word of God. It's the indestructible. It's the infallible. It's the infinitely inexhaustible and more up-to-date than this morning's newspaper Word of God. Can you say that? It's fantastic, isn't it? It's indestructible. Indestructible. Can I have an indestructible? Can I have an infallible? It's infinitely inexhaustible. And more up-to-date than ABC will ever be. Amen? <laughs> Anything but Christ. Amen? ABC. But God upholds his word above his name. He watches over his word to perform it. The psalmist said in 138, he says, you've magnified your word above your name. God holds great reverence for his name. But there is an amazing, we know in Philippians 2, 5 to, to 9, how God, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. That's in all three realms. But here it says that God, you have magnified your word above your name. So what value does God place upon the word of God? Amen? Amazing value. So when you apply the word of God to your life, the God of the word, who not only created you, but holds your life in his hands, he will give you a future and a hope. Perhaps you're seeing situations through the lens of darkness and despair and disappointment and all these things. But he is also known in the Old Testament as Hatikva, which means he is the hope. Jesus is the hope, and you can pin your future on it. Whatever comes your way, the Spirit of God upon your life will equip you to stand in every situation. I love if you would now to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And we see in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, But know this, then perilous times in the last days, perilous times will come. And it goes through a, a terribly depressing list of the attributes of the thought life and the characteristics of people in the last days. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unloving, un unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, and it goes on and on and on. And when you look at the world today, you can see that there's a massive change in the character and attitudes of the people in the world today. And you would say that it was not so prevalent even five and ten years ago. There is a lawlessness in our streets which we have never experienced before. In verse 13, it says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And this, this is Paul speaking to his younger protege, Timothy, okay? And he says, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. We're talking about the Word of God tonight, the Holy Scriptures. 
It's been revealed to us that Jesus is the word, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Verse 16, a very important scripture for us tonight. It says, all scripture. Can you say that? All scripture. Okay, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration of God means God breathed. The Greek word there used is pneuma, where you get a pneumatic tire and you fill it with air. And so that word of God here is God breathed. It, this word is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit or the wind of the Holy Spirit. In the Hebrew, it would be the word ruach. But in Greek is the New Testament. For, and, and is profitable. The word of God is it's telling us here is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Who likes to be instructed? Who likes to be corrected? Oh, I see those hands. I see those hands. Not too many of them, mind you, but there are, I see that hand. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm interested... I'm real interested, in fact, that the body of Christ, every man and woman, be totally equipped for every good work, to equip the body of Christ. Amen? And you'll see that all our messages are there to equip, as I say, to put an arrow in your quiver as a, and for your arsenal to defend yourself and to be on the offensive. That your accoutrement belt, who's ever worn an accoutrement belt? If you've been in the military or uh, in the armed forces, perhaps you've worked for a paramilitary organization and you'll wear a specially designed belt that you can put all your weapons into that accoutrement belt. Amen? You may have a radio, you may have a knife in there, you could put a gun in there, you could put handcuffs in there, you could put a baton in there. That's an accoutrement belt. And, but I pray that your accoutrement belt that, that you would have all the resources available to you and everything that you need. A lot of people think that Christians are defenseless, but nothing could be further from the truth. The only fact is that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. In fact, they are great. The Lord has defeated the world and everything in it with truth. The Roman defeats its enemies with the sword, but God does not use the sword. God uses truth, amen? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, amen? And Jesus is the Word. But I'm interested not only that you have these weapons but, but, but at your disposal, but also knowing how to use them, amen? It's great. A, a, a person in the military, he can pull down his AK-47 rifle. I've never been in the military. I've been in paramilitary stuff, but... Uh, a person in the military can basically, in the swamp, in the dark, a special ops sort of guy, he can pull down his weapon in the dark, blindfold it in a matter of seconds, clean it up, put it all back together, and make it work. Amen? He knows his weapon, and he knows how to use it. And so a, a New Testament saint has many weapons at our disposal, and one of the most major weapons that we have is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. So my emphasis in this scripture tonight is not all the things that the Word of God can give you, but the fact that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture. A lot of people think, oh, that book, that's written to the Romans. I'm not a Roman, that's not for me. This book here is written to the Hebrews. I'm not a Hebrew, so that can't be for me. You see, the thing is, 
But a lot of people think like that. A lot of people think that the gospel accounts, the four gospel accounts, they are tagged onto the end of the Old Testament, so that's not for the New Testament church. But this does not line up with Scripture. You see, all Scripture is given by the breath, the inspiration of God. What does the Old Testament say about Scripture? Psalm 119 verse 160 says, The entirety of your word is truth. Read that. The entirety of your word is truth. And then it goes on to say, And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Amazing. That's Old Testament stuff. A lot of people think, oh, the New Testament's come along. I can throw away or abandon the old because it is no longer relevant. Amen. How many people I've seen in major, major ministries have total disregard or respect for much of the Word of God or portions of it because they do not believe it pertains to them. Amen. I hope there's nobody like that here in the house, but I want to show you that, that there is. So the Old Testament is of itself. This is the Old Testament now. is a progressive revelation of God. In the beginning, God, that word there is Elohim, created God. But we know that the Lord has given himself many, many other names and uh, because it's a progressive revelation of God. Amen? All the attributes of God. And so, uh, and so the New Testament is now Christ revealed. Jesus is concealed in the Old Testament. And people said, I read the Old Testament. I know the Old Testament. And just because somebody reads it, you need to have, a, the Bible says, to rightly discern the word of truth. So the, the Jewish people for 2,000 years read about a coming Messiah. And so reading the word of God was not just enough because they needed a spirit of revelation because when Jesus came, they did not recognize him. So a lot of people say, oh, I've studied the scripture, but they come out with these wild and fanciful ideas because they need a total context from Genesis right through to Revelation. Amen? And so as in the book of Revelations where the word apocalypsis is that, and uh, that's what revelation means, apocalypsis. We think of apocalyptic times as being chaos and disorder and disruption and anarchy. But apocalypse, the apocalypse or the book of revelations is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so the word of God is Jesus. They, they're, not, they're inseparable, amen? You cannot separate the person and the character and the attributes of Jesus from this written word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. Amen? Why should we have reverence for it? Because it is Jesus. It is Jesus. I'd like to go over something here. It's, I've got a copy here of the coronation service of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. It's a copy taken from the original from the 2nd of June 1953 at Westminster Abbey in London. Is anybody interested in that? It was in a day when people had reverence for the Bible and reverence for God and everything that it entailed. It by in no way reflected the latest coronation whatsoever, which had no reverence for God or for the Bible itself. And so the Bible was brought earlier in the service and, uh, and the Queen was to make... Uh, her solemn oath in the sight of all the people to observe the premises. 
And she laid her right hand upon the Holy Gospel. This is how it's referred to in the order of service. The Holy Gospel. In the great Bible, which was before carried in the procession. And, uh, and then the queen kissed the book and signed the oath. There was a moderator, as at, uh, there is at every coronation service, and the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, he received the Holy Bible from the Dean of Westminster. I'm taking time here because this is history, amen? We forget history. And so I'd like to remind us here. So, and, and, she, and he was to bring uh, the Bible and present it to her. The Archbishop was saying these words. I will labor over this because it's important. It's historically true and accurate. And he said, this is what the Archbishop said, Our gracious Queen, to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God, as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Isn't that beautiful? The most valuable thing this was before, or at the time, the greatest world audience ever to see uh, something like this. The moderator then continued. That's an, a, a secondary person here. And he said, here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. You see what reference or reverence that we have had for the Word of God in past generations on a global audience and scale. It's beautiful stuff, isn't it? So the Word of God is, I believe, I'm going to be rounding up very shortly now. But the Word of God is not just to be read. The Word of God is to be declared. I encourage people when they're learning Scriptures, and I encourage you to learn them. The most powerful Scriptures, you can grab hold of them. But they're not just to be read. They are to be declared. Vayomer Elohim and said God. Vayior, vayior. Let there be light. And there was light. You see, God spoke the world into existence. He brought chaos into order through the declared word of God. If God needed to bring his world into water, and it is his world, the earth is the Lord in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, amen? If he needed to bring his world into water through the declared word of God, do you not think that we ought to bring our world into order through the declared word of God? Not motivated by what you see, not moved by what you feel, but you are moved by what you believe. Me, I believe the Word of God and not much else. <laughs> not much else. The more things that I see of this world, the more I'm convinced that this is the only thing that represents the way, the truth, and the life. The Word of God, not only to be declared. You, and Job 22, verse 8, Old Testament stuff. You will also declare a thing and it shall be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. Amen. You can declare the word of God and it will be established for you. Amen? Unleash the power of God's word by declaring it to be so. And you see, the word of God will go into effect. 
the, we don't understand the spirit realm so much. But you can declare, because the voice of the spirit, the, the spirit realm is voice activated. And you declare what you believe to be true from the word of God over that situation, over your finances, over your loved ones, over your health, over the health of somebody else. You declare the word of God and the word of the Lord goes into battle for you. All you have to do is apply your faith or believing. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the word of God is unleashed in power when you declare that word of God over that situation. Many have heard, uh, but the word of God is not only to be declared, but it is to be experienced. Many have heard of the gospel, but they have never experienced its saving and transforming power. When you begin to declare the word of God, the transforming power of the gospel will be activated in your life. Amen? Amen? You've got faith in you. The Bible says to each one dealt a measure of faith, so you need to turn it on. The word of God, not so much to be explained as to be believed. Jesus said, only believe. Amen? Only believe. We also want to do so many things. But God said, Jesus said, only believe. The word of God, not only to be memorized, I encourage you to memorize scripture. Grab hold of that word of God. But it's not the memorization, but the internalization of scripture that will transform your situation. Sure, it's great to memorize it. But to internalize it is the aim. And why internalize scripture? And I, I said it to somebody today. Uh, the, the word, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's a great verse, isn't it? Your, your word I have hidden in my heart. So he's memorized it, he's internalized it so that I might not sin against you. In addition to that, we have a default setting in our life. Each and every one of us have default settings in our life, as a computer has a default setting. I turn on my computer, it's automatically Arial print size 14 so that I can see it. Amen? When I write down scripture, it's Arial print size 14, italics and bold print. I know these, these are, are default settings for me. And uh, how do I respond to situations in life? Our automatic responses to life can be from the word of God and the God of the word and the person and the word of Jesus Christ being one. Don't see the word of God and Jesus as being separate, but see them as one. And you will uphold the word of God with a greater reverence and knowing that it is the person of Jesus Christ. And in, in regard to memorizing scripture, some people say, I don't memorize much. A little boy said, Tried to memorize the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I remembered. But at the end of the day, that's all really he needed to know. The Lord is my shepherd. Isn't that a wonderful thing to remember, to remind yourselves? The Lord is my shepherd. Isn't that a great peace? Meditate on that. Meditating upon the word of God. That word meditate is a Greek word called meletio, and it means to look at a truth of God from every possible angle. The Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd feeds, the shepherd waters, the shepherd protects, the shepherd rounds up. The shepherd does all these things. Meditate on the word of God. It's a beautiful thing. That's about it. Wonderful message, isn't it? It is a great message. Just to know in the beginning was the word. 
That word was Jesus. Genesis chapter 1 tells us that God the Father was present. The Spirit of God was hovering over the water, waiting for the Word of God, which was Jesus, to speak. Let there be light. And there it was at 302,000 kilometers a second. Amen? What, a, what an amazing ability is unleashed when you declare the Word of God. I trust that today, over your sick ones, you declare that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you were healed, past tense. And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Declare those things. In the morning, declare it, amen. Declare it, speak it over your situation. It's great to read it. But it's a more powerful thing. The gospel and its power is unleashed when the declared word of God is spoken over the darkness. And darkness must flee. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this word. I pray, Lord, for those listening online, that there will be an impartation, that there will be revelation of the word of God come to you now in the name of Jesus. For every single person sitting in this auditorium tonight, I pray revelation come now in the name of Jesus. By the anointing, it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And there's a, a yoke of, of thinking that we think about certain things. But I pray that there is a release in the realm of the Spirit that you begin to see things through the lens of Scripture, through the Word of God, through the person of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that you are our ever-present help in time of need. And we can call upon you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And as we call upon you, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you would hear and answer and come to us, Father. We thank you, we love you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen to right, mate.